You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. such an honor and a privilege to gather at your feet and to worship and to bless your holy name to give you the honor that is due to you alone may it please you our father to breathe your very life into us empower us by your spirit to the end that your kingdom oh God will prosper in our lives and prosper through us everywhere we go to the glory of your most holy name for it's in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, choir. Thank you. I want to begin because um, our meditation is on knowledge and power. You know, Jesus Christ, he said, to the Jews that believe on him in John chapter 8. If you continue in my word. You will be my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And what is going to happen. The truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. So. There are so many ways to enter into this revelation knowledge that empowers you spiritually. The reason why it is necessary is that as Christians, we are called to fight and win our battles, not in the physical realm, but from where? The spiritual. Oh, yes. If we are going to stop evil, if we are going to stop wickedness, if we are going to stop all kinds of evil all around, we have to stop it from the spiritual. We have to know what to do. We have to know how to do. And this is a matter that needs numbers. Numbers. Yes, indeed. It is good if there's one person who knows God enough to know what to do. It is good. What, what else did God say to Ezekiel? I saw wickedness. I saw oppression in Ezekiel 22. I saw evil. And I looked for how many men? Just one man. Look for a man. But then we turn around. We realize that when Abraham prayed for Sodom, when he prayed for Sodom, he said to God, wait a minute, sir. 
If you find 50 righteous people in Sodom, wouldn't you spare the place for their sake? Wouldn't you spare the place? Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Far be it from you, the king of all the earth shall do, shall do what is right. So suppose you find 50 people. What did God say? If I find 50 people, of course, <coughs> I will spare the place. Abraham said, suppose there are five short, 45. He said, I'll do it for 45. Hmm. Suppose there are 10 short, so I'll do it for 40. Suppose there are 20 short, I'll do it for 30. Suppose there are 30 short, I'll do it for 20. Okay, one more. Suppose there are 40 short, so I'll do it for 10. So when you come to a place where there are no righteous men and women that have authority with God, that place is doomed. It's doomed. And when it comes to this matter of men and women who have power with God, it's only yourself you can count. Do you know why? You might see me and count me, but you are not with me. You don't know anything about me. You don't know the thoughts of my heart. You don't know the things I do in secret. You don't know. So if you want there to be at least one man in a place that God can depend on, that man has to be who? Me. Yes. And that's why it is so important that everyone knows how to have power with God. How to be able to say, Lord, I lift up my hand to heaven and I forbid it so that heaven will endorse me. Because he says, whatsoever you forbid on earth, I will forbid in heaven. Okay? And you don't want that situation where you and I are forbidding things on earth and they're still happening. And that's why we have to encourage ourselves, teach ourselves like the apostle Paul said to the Colossians I'm teaching every man I'm warning every man that I may present every man perfect in Christ you see we can gather, we can gather and have a great worship in the presence of the Lord it takes a little more than that to have power with God it takes a little more than that and it is that little that you and I must know now, let me, let me begin with Romans. I like to begin with Romans. Verse 829. So that you know where we are going. Because you see, they say if you don't know where you are going, you are likely to miss your way. Okay, where are we going? Verse 29 tells us. says, for those he did foreknow, he also what? Predestined. There's purpose in our calling in Christ. You know? So don't, don't, don't ask anybody, you know, what is the goal of my Christian life? The goal is stated here. The goal is stated here. That you and I be conformed into the image of who? Christ. Yes, that's the goal. So you see, when you go home, you're not looking at your wife. You're not looking at your husband. No, you're looking at Jesus. Like the Bible says in Hebrews. 
the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes. And you are looking at him with purpose because you want to be like him. You know, many people don't know how to be like him. No. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, said by verse 18, he said, when we behold him as in a mirror, okay, when we behold him as in a mirror, we are gradually being transformed into what? His image. You know, from glory to glory. Yes, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, but progressively, progressively, I am being transformed into his image. But what exactly is that scripture saying? How can I behold him as in a mirror? It is not to go and get a picture of Jesus. Nobody has a picture of Jesus. And be looking at him. No. That's not how to behold him. This is how to behold him. Okay. I want to experience his humility. Okay. I want to be humble like Jesus. So I go into the word of God. I look at the scriptures that talk about his what? Humility. And by the time I meditate on them, then I say to him, Spirit of the living God, give me the grace of this what? Humility. I want to be humble like this. Okay? And by the time I meditate on it and pray about it, one day I find myself becoming more and more humble like Jesus. If I want to uh, 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 have his love, if I want to have his love, the same thing, I go into the scripture, I look at his love, I look at his compassion, you know, I study how he manifested love and compassion. And then I begin to pray. I begin to pray. Lord Jesus, oh, by your spirit, I want to have your kind of love. I want to have your kind of compassion. Nobody becomes like Jesus just like that. No. Nobody becomes like Jesus just like that. You become like Jesus by carefully studying him and praying to be transformed into what you are studying. That's how we do it. There's no magic to it. I tell people, there's no magic to Christianity. An ordinary person, you can carefully follow this program and your life will never be... The cemetery. You, 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 you suddenly realize that heaven is endorsing you. They're endorsing you. What did Peter discover in the house of Cornelius? What did he discover? He said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of uh, persons. Yes. Men may not count you in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But when you lift up your hand to heaven, oh, they know you. They know you. They know you. Because of the kind of life you are living, because of the kind of desire and ambition in your heart to be conformed into the image of his son. And you know, when you see that image standing at the graveyard of Lazarus, then you realize what you are, what you are, going, what you are going for. Father, I thank you. For you hear me. Yes, yes. You realize what you are going for. That this is what you are going for. This is the ambition. This is the drive. 
So that you too can, you can lift up your hand to heaven. Father, I thank you. You hear me always. You hear me always. Jesus came to empower not a few. As many, as many as we believe. As many as we believe. So that this world will be full of men and women who know God. Who walk with God. Men and women who have power with God. Yes, that's what it's about. You know, when I think about people who have power with God, like one of my friends used to say, he said that Jacob, if he can power, if he can have power with God, then I too should have power with God. That man is a cheat, is a deceiver, he has power with God. Then I, that I'm under grace, I should have power with God. Oh yes, Jacob had power with God when uh, um, Simeon and, and Levi. Went and, and, and dealt with the Shechemites for, 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 for abusing uh, uh, Diana, their sister. The Bible says Jacob was afraid that, ah, these people can come and uh, attack us, and we are so few. But what did the Bible say there? He said the fear of God was on the people, they didn't pursue him. That's what it means to have power with God. He said the fear of God was on the people. And nobody pursued Jacob. In spite of the fact that the king was dead, his son was dead, nobody pursued Jacob. That's when you realize that, hmm, when they say a man has power with God, there is really something to this. There is really something to this. A man for whose sake heaven will invade the earth. And the truth that you and I need to know is that I could be that man. I could be that woman. For whose sake heaven will invade the earth. One of the fascinating stories in the Bible is uh, Genesis 17.1. Why do I like that Genesis 17.1? Because that scripture said and Elijah the Tishbite. That's all I need. Though. And Elijah the Tishbite. And. So what was before? What was before? Where did he come from? Nothing. Nothing. That's a man that nobody knows uh, anything about. And Elijah the Tishbite. But when he emerged and spoke. Heaven came down. That's what matters. So nobody may know you. You may come from the backwoods of nowhere. Nobody knows your village. Even if you tell them they don't know, they will be asking you, where is it? But it doesn't matter if God is with you. It does not matter if God is with you. It doesn't matter. And that's why we learn we want to gain knowledge about this God so that, so that we will be able to stand with him and lift up our hands to heaven and say, Oh God, please remember I'm here. And heaven will endorse that. Now, there's some scriptures that um, they open our eyes like no other. You know, I'm just giving you some of them. Okay, come with me to Joshua. 
I'll show you another one. Come with me to Joshua. Chapter 5. Verse 13. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, now, there are revelations about God that buried in this scripture. He sends the commander of the army of God ready for battle. Sword is already drawn. Ready for battle. And then Joshua sees him and goes to meet him and says, hmm, are you for us or are you for our enemies? So that I can, I, I will know how to deal with you immediately. And the man says, neither. Uh-uh. God is neutral. God is neutral. He said, neither. But I am here as the commander of the Lord's army. What does that say to you? He says to you that in every matter, God is neither with you nor with your enemies. God is with himself. So if you want God to be with you, you better be with him. Yes, you better be with him. You know, he does not take sides with people on the, in their local cases. No, he takes sides with himself. So if you want God to be with you, then you better be with God. That's what the prophet said to, uh, to um, uh, the king. God is with you if you are with him. Yes. Amaziah said, God is with you if you are with him. So there are many people saying, well, I'm a Christian. God is with me. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Joshua, Joshua is the leader of a covenant nation. And yet God said to him, No. I'm not with you. I'm not with your adversary. I'm here to see that the purposes of God are fulfilled. I am here because of God. And that releases a secret to you and I. And what is the secret? Every time I'm in conflict with someone, every time there is a problem anywhere, the first thing I must do is to be with who? Oh, yes, so. <laughs> I have to be with God. I have to follow what he says. I have to do as he says. I have to obey his word. I have to be with God. Then I'm guaranteed that God is with me. And so you can see how easily, how easily somebody can get God on their side. I say to people, when you're in conflict with people, make sure God is on your side. And how do you make sure God is on your side? By being on his side. 
You see? So don't let, don't let another person. You know, I tell people, I said, it's not enough that God is in the middle. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. God shouldn't be in the middle. God should be on my side. And the only way is to be on his side. Yes. This is the knowledge that changes situations. This is the knowledge that gives people confidence in any matter. You know, you know that God is with you because you are with him. That's why a man can lift up his hand and say to God, Lord, we are the ones who honor your name. Lord, we are the ones who seek your will and seek your glory on the earth. Lord, we are the ones who are here for you. We are here for you. Whatever you say, your will is our command. Whatever you say, we do. That's how God is with me. Because I, I have to make every effort, strain every limb, strain every nerve to be with God. To be with God. And so it's important to understand this because a lot of people are doing things but you are not doing them according to the word. If you do them according to the word, then it will work. Then it will work. Okay? Now, I want us to um, return because um, when you have these general principles, then you come to the reality of the relationship itself because you see i cannot relate anyhow i cannot relate anyhow you know i relate with god anyhow i like you know anyhow i feel no they don't relate like that they don't relate like that you know if you look at the world if you look at the world you will see order abi yes now biology they have taught us that when David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't have idea of biology. Now we understand what he was saying. That as you are sitting down there, over one billion things are going on in your body. One, I didn't say one million. One billion. One billion things are going on in your body. To keep you sitting nicely and quietly. Yes. And yet, you don't know 99.9% of what is going on. No. You take a, a piece of yam, you chew it, you swallow, you drink water. That's all you know. How that yam translates to kicking football, that's another matter. <laughs> you know? How it translates to solving mathematics, that's another matter. You know? So, when David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that's amazing. And go and ask the, the chemist. They'll tell you that uh, the pH, you know, the pH of the body, it's a small range. It's a very small range. If it goes below 7.2, that's trouble. If it goes above 7.8, that's trouble. Look at the narrow range. Every, whatever they are doing in that your body they must not change the pH beyond these two bands they must not change if they change it everything stops everything stops now this is what has convinced many atheists that there is God <laughs> because you cannot have such precision and control unless somebody put it uh, 
together. Yes. Now the most, the most amazing of God's order is that all of that one billion things going on in your body, they put the program for them in a cell, one cell, and you have to magnify it 40 times before you can see it. So, God miniaturized. God, God is the expert at miniaturization. You know, something so complicated, he can reduce it and reduce it until all the controls are something very tight. It's amazing. Amazing. Yes. So by the time, by the time you understand this, he said, I need to get into some order. You know, spiritually too. You know, because there's order everywhere you look. You know, there's order. The, the other day, I heard that uh, this thing they call space. Do you know that? There is nothing like space. So, you know, when you say there is space, it means, it means that, you know, the world is growing. So, there's still some space for it to fill. They say there's no such thing. That's the new thing. That there is no such thing. That the only way you create space is by the things inside moving further apart from... Uh, but do you know what that means? The whole universe is inside one envelope. Yes. So when the Bible says that God will roll up the universe like a sheet, ah, you say, because they're all inside one to one. <laughs> it's amazing. It is amazing. Science is now discovering God on their own. And then when you now come to that mathematics about global expansion, they say universe expansion. They say if if it changes by zero point zero, the whole thing will go backwards. Ah. It was at that point that they say no, this calculation, somebody must have uh, made yes, there's so much order in the universe. Now, the spiritual is what gave birth to the natural. Okay, so how can the natural be so ordered and then the spiritual be so chaotic? Ah, that would tell you that something is what? Seriously wrong, fundamentally wrong. Okay, so, so, so there are some revelations that come to us through the word that open our eyes. One of them is in 1 John 1.5. 1 John 1.5. God is light. You know, this is the message which we have heard from him. And we declare to you that God is light. And in him is what? At all. Okay, then the next verse says, if we say, you and I, that we have fellowship with God, and then we walk in darkness, what is happening? Say we are liars. So, so that's word is saying to you and I that if you want to relate with God, you cannot mess with darkness. No. no. These are simple truths. You cannot. You have to. You have to walk in the light as he is in the light. You have to follow truth and righteousness and justice. You have to. You have to. If you want to walk with God, if you want to raise your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I'm here. You have to. We call it the compatibility factor. Amos 3.3 Can two walk together except what? They be agreed. It's not possible. There must be compatibility. 
So, so everybody who is a believer, you know, you can sit down in your quiet corner and begin to sort out your Christian life. You know, can begin to sort out your Christian life. God is light. There's no darkness in him. So I have to walk in the light all the time. That raises a big problem, Abi. How can a man walk in the light all the time? Solomon said, there is not a man alive that does not sin. Do you know that? If a man says he has never sinned, he does not sin. That's the first lie. That's the first sin. Yes, that's the first one. He said, there is not a man alive that does not sin. So how can a sinful man relate with a holy God? How is such a thing possible? A sinful man and a holy God. Do you know that that's why Jesus came? Do you know that that's why Jesus came? To make it possible for sinful men and women to have intimate, intimate relationship with a holy God. Because you see, when a sinner appears before a holy God, there's only one sentence. Death. The wages of sin is death. So, our Lord Jesus Christ came here. He died on the cross of Cal, okay, to provide justification, okay. To read Romans eight thirty, he said, "For those he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, and those he conformed, he called, he justified, and then he what glorified in verse." Verse 30, you know, moreover, those he predestined, then he called them. And when they came, he what? Justified them. So if you are a believer, you don't know the meaning of justification. Then something is, uh, how can you walk in it when you don't know what it means? You know, you have to know what justification means. What does it mean that he justified me? Now, simply put, it means they tried me and they found me guilty. They found me guilty. And then he gave me pardon. You see? You see, once they say a man has received pardon, that means that man is guilty. Do you know that? They said the king pardoned him. That's an admission that he was guilty now. They don't pardon people who are not guilty. So you see, the moment you receive justification, you are admitting that you were pardoned. You were pardoned. And what is the meaning of that pardon? It is that they took all those my sins and they washed them in the blood of who? Jesus. Yes. So that all the burden of my sin is rolled away. But that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing. There is something more important 
That is very necessary. Very necessary. For going into the presence of God. It is to be close. In the righteousness of who? Christ. Why is that necessary? Okay now look at it. They washed me yesterday. Okay. But today unfortunately. I fell again. You know. I fell again. And now I want to go into the presence. You know. So I go and wash again. Okay. Once I wash again, I'm clean. But then, to enter, to enter, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, that he made a way through the veil. Okay. In Hebrews chapter 10, he said, he made a way for us through the veil. And you know what the veil represents. That is the barrier between the Holy of Holies and the high priest. So, that veil was torn into two to expose the Holy of Holies so that you and I can enter into the presence of uh, God Almighty. And so, because he made that access through the veil, when I, which is his flesh, when I cover myself with the righteousness of Christ, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, I am holy. I am blameless. I am unreprovable before God. Not before man, no. Because the man will say, you, Chebi, you told a lie yesterday. <laughs> you cannot be unreprovable. You know what it means to be unreprovable? There is nothing anybody can charge you with. And it is the righteousness of Christ when we put it on. Then we can appear confidently. You see, Hebrews says, having therefore boldness to enter the holy of holies. You see, we have boldness. You know, you're not thinking, will they accept? No, 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 no. You know they will accept it because you're covered in the righteousness of Christ. They will accept it. Now, now, we are covered in the righteousness of Christ by faith. You see, it's not that there is a place where they put a cloth called righteousness of Christ. So every time I have to go into the presence of God, I'll go and pick it up and uh, cover myself. No. No. That is the whole essence of Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Therefore, it's the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. That just shall live by faith. So, so I believe in what God has done that when I am covered, as the Apostle Paul revealed, now, now I'll, I'll show it to you. Come with me to Colossians chapter 1. You know. Verse 21. He said, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh. Okay, through death to present you holy. One, blameless. Two, above reproach. Now we have a prototype. We have a prototype of this, you know, and, and we, we, we see how this works. I want you to see how this works in uh, Zechariah chapter 3. Come with me to 
Zechariah chapter 3. You see how this works. Okay. It's, it's very important. Now verse 1 says, He showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? In other words, God was saying, you see, this Joshua you are seeing here. I went to where the fire was burning because of his sins. And I did what? I pulled him out. This is what we call sovereign grace. Did you hear me say sovereign grace? Yes, because God is sovereign. You can't question him. Sovereign grace. I will have mercy on whom I choose to have mercy. Yes, sovereign grace. So he decides, you know, to, to, to rescue Joshua. Now, now, look at the next thing. But he cannot rescue him for him to remain in filth before God. No, no. What did that sovereign grace do? Okay. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the what? Yes, because, because of God's holiness, it is not possible. Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with uh, rich robes. That's sovereign grace. Okay, I've taken away your sin. I'm now going to cover you with rich robes. Okay? And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head. And they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. So now Joshua is ready to enter into the presence. They've cleaned him. They have now covered him. And they also covered his uh, head. That's what we do with the righteousness of Christ. I say, I cover myself from head to toe with the righteousness of who? Christ. And when I say that by faith, I'm covered. I'm covered. Okay, so now, it's important to now listen to what follows. Verse 6. The angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways. You see now. You have covered now. You are in the presence of God. You say, but when you leave it to, when you come from there, walk in my ways. Keep my command. What will be the result? You shall also judge my house. Okay? And likewise, have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Now, note something very important. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of what? The enemy. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. He gave us authority. But he gave us authority to deal with powers. Have you ever heard that? They give you authority to deal with powers. They didn't give you authority to deal with authority. No. They give you authority to deal with people who have power. What is the revelation behind that statement? 
The revelation is that greater is he that is in you than what? He that is in the world. Yes. The reason why they gave you authority is because there is a source of power and authority inside you that will endorse you. It will endorse you. When you make those decrees, it will endorse you. In other words, it will release the power that will cause that authority to work. You see? It will release the power that will cause that authority to work. And that's what you are going for. That's what you are going for. That power, that power, that quickening that will cause that authority to work. And that's why he said to Joshua, I want to empower you, but you have to follow me. You have to do as I say. So you see, when I come into the holy presence to be empowered, I cannot now go back. You see? I cannot now go back and continue in my old... uh, Yes, it doesn't work. It will not work. Everything will just start all over again. And that's why those who are really serious about empowerment, those who want to be the ones that will lift up their hands to heaven and say, no, oh God, no, please, no. And heaven will endorse them. They are very careful about what they say and do. They are very careful. You know, they are careful to make sure that they do as God says. They are careful to walk with God in obedience. They are careful to make sure that God is pleased with how they are conducting their affairs, conducting their marriage, conducting their business, conducting their relationships. They are careful to make sure God approves. Why? They cannot afford for heaven not to endorse them. No, you know you have enemies. Because you are taking a stand for God, you have enemies. You cannot risk Heaven not endorsing you. You can't. And that's why we go there. That's why we go there. We, 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 we cover ourselves in, a, in, in the righteousness of Christ. And the moment we cover ourselves in the righteousness of Christ, we go into his presence. Confident. Because what Jesus provided is adequate. Yes. So, so I, I kneel down. I, I, I wash myself in the blood of Jesus. I cover myself in the righteousness of Christ. I'm in his presence. And what am I doing there? What am I doing there? Do you know that? Um, I, I think I must have told you this before. I went to a church and I said to the pastor, tell the people they should not have any prayer request. They should just pray, but no prayer request for one week. Just one week. Don't tell, ask God for anything. Just pray. Then the pastor called me. Said, the people are asking, so what are we going to be praying about? Uh, we don't have any list. Normally, I would tell him about my children. I tell him about my work. I tell him about my husband or wife. I would tell him, I would tell him all my problems. Now that I don't have those problems to tell him, what should I be telling him? Hey, I don't know what to tell him. (laughs) You know, such is the tragedy of our relationship that we only go in there to ask, 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 ask. 
And then if there's nothing to ask, then there's nothing to pray. But when we look into the Bible, in Revelation chapter 4 verse 8, the Bible says that there are worship leaders in heaven, that the four living creatures, you know, and they do not rest day or night. They do not rest day or night. And what are they singing? Holy. Holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who was, who is, and is to come. The Bible says they don't rest to. They don't rest to. See, when they give him glory, when they give God glory, when they give God glory, they declare his holiness. Do you know why? There's a revelation in it. The power of God is vested in his holiness. Because if you can be as holy as God, then you can be as powerful as God. <laughs> it's, it's his, it is his holiness that makes him unique. You know, the, the holiness of God is what makes him unique. And so when the angels worship his holiness... It is so that God can empower them. You and I go there to do the same. I kneel before him. And I say holy. Holy. Holy is the Lord God almighty. The one who was and is. And is to come. The one who dwells in light unapproachable. What is light unapproachable? Is holiness. God is light. In him is what? No darkness at all. The one that is worshipped in the beauty of holiness. Holy. 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 And I just discover as I kneel there, you know, worshipping his holiness that his presence is coming down. Yes. There's no magic. Christianity is no magic. And I find that, oh, I'm being drawn into their worship. You know, I am being, I'm entering into a revelation of the holiness of God. So that I can live there knowing that I'm empowered for holy living. So now when I go there and somebody says, well, if you don't do this, that's it. That's the end of you. I say, <laughs> I'm coming from the presence of uh, a holy God. Oh yes, I'm coming from the presence of a holy God. You know, you cannot say such a thing. <laughs> the reason is because, you know, like that song I raised, he has the whole world. <laughs> yes! Yes! Everything is under his control. Everything is under his control. And that's why we go there. That's why we go there. Every day we go there. Every day we go there. I kneel down. I go there. Why am I going there? I need empowerment. I need his presence. I need anointing. The Bible says every time Moses goes into his presence, what happens? He comes down empowered. He comes down bringing down the glory. That's what I want to do too. I want to do that too. I want to come out of his presence. Bringing the glory, bringing the power, bringing the anointing. Not the anointing to answer my prayers only. The anointing to have his purposes fulfilled. 
Yes. Yes. Pastor, did you, did you put up that thing? That thing I sent to you. I said they could project for me. Oh, you didn't get it. Okay. Anyway, um, there is um, there is um, something that um, uh, we we use. You know, it's not it's not um, it is not um, it is not um, a formula. No, you can develop your own based on this knowledge. You can develop your own. You know, and 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 uh, and, uh, and it's, it's to to go through this. You know, learn to go through by yourself. Okay, wash yourself in the blood of Jesus. Okay, and worship his, uh, 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 clothe yourself in the righteousness of Christ. Enter into his presence and spend time worshiping his uh, holiness. Yes, let it, can, can develop your own. You know, there's no formula. You know, worshiping his holiness. You know, sometimes when, when I go in there, the Holy Spirit will say, I need you to declare his holiness 50 times. 50 times, seven times. I have to be counting. I have to be counting. Because I want to stay there long enough for him to empower me. I'm not rushing in and uh, rushing out. No, not all the time. No, you have to make time. Make time. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The one who was and is and is to come. I declare holy, holy. Oh God, you are holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. I stay there. You know, because I want that presence. And you know the greatest weapon in spiritual warfare is the divine presence. Do you know why? The moment the creator's presence manifests, every creature takes a bow. That's the law of creation. God does not fight with anybody. He just needs to be present. And then everybody takes their level. You know? Is there, is, if it's even the devil that told us that in Job. He said, you have made a hedge now. You have made a hedge. So we cannot uh, interfere with the man. But if you move the hedge. Uh-huh. So the authority of the divine presence is unassailable. It's not in dispute. So, 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 so don't, don't, don't listen to people who think that God and the devil are fighting. There is no such thing. It is impossible. It is absolutely impossible. But when you and I haven't fitted our role, don't forget we are regents. Okay, let us make man in our image. And let the man have what? Dominion. Yes, we are regents. So we are supposed to take our place enforcing the will of God on earth as it is done in heaven. Yes, yes. It's very simple. It's not complicated. And look at if there are 10 of us here, 20 of us here, 100 of us here, 200 of us here, doing this every day, I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time. Everything will start to change. Yes. Because you see, when you bring down the presence of God in a corner, and something is amiss in that place, and then you go to God, what decree should I make to set this thing aside? Yes. And you make it, and you see heaven endorse you. Ah, from that day, you'll never be the same again. You'll never be the same again. So, it is important that you and I know that 
Anybody and everybody can do this. That is the whole message of today. You can be empowered. You can be empowered. You. Not another person. You can be empowered. If you determine in your life that I want to see God glorified on this earth. You know? I want to see men and women reverence God on this earth. I I want to see the glory of God manifest in this place. You know? And then you enter that place and you say, oh God, oh God, how can I be here? And this place is so confused. No, 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 no. Tell me how to pray. Show me what to do. I want to see you glorified in this place. Oh yes. You know, the devil is very clever. You know, people just, uh, when they see something wrong, they quickly take a picture and then send out. I said, that is not what they told us to do. You know, they quickly say, hey, look at what is that. That is not how the problem will be solved. It is to take it before God and say, because I'm in this place, I say no to this. There must be a way. There must be a way. There must be a way. I told you here before, you know, that one day I came from a trip and, and my wife said they haven't gone to church for two Sundays. I said, ah, that every time they go out on the road, they say, I'm brother, I'm brother. They will run back inside the house. I said, ah, in this Lagos. He said, yes, two Sundays. They have not gone to church. Every Sunday morning, same thing. I went to God and said, ah, this is a siege now. There must be a way. Something must be done. I prayed that prayer for about two weeks. I said, something must be done. It cannot be that this thing is defying a solution. He said, yes. Something, something needs to be done. Here is the decree you need to make. Put your curse on every income and through robbery and violence. Put your curse on it. I began to curse it. Within two weeks, they changed governor in Lagos. I'm not where they changed governors, Abby. No, it doesn't matter. They changed governors. They made the Marawa governor and he started Operation uh, Sweep. And then he swept the whole thing. Uh, yes, yes. So you see, you, 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 you stay in your corner. You are staying in your corner. You are not in Asorok. You are not in this place. You are not in the other place. But you are making changes. That's, where, that's where, what we are called to do. Change it from there. Change it from there. Okay, now. Just before I stop, I want you to see this. Now, there are hundred problems here. Okay. One of them only is affecting me seriously. So you see, when I go before God to pray about it, ah, hey, hey, all my heart is inside it too. Because it's affecting me direct. Now, the 99 others, it's affecting them there. You understand? Mm. So when I pray for them, I say, Lord, please, have mercy on them. <laughs> it's not with the same passion. But there are 99 other people here that those things are primary to them. They are where that thing is happening. It's affecting them. That's why all of us have to be involved. I cannot go there with the same passion. Because when I went before God about that going to church, I knew that the next Sunday I'm going to go to church. And I cannot be running home every day like chicken like that. No. So you see, when something is affecting you directly, it is so that you can carry the passion and go before God. You know, and you know how to go before God. Now you know. 
You place yourself in the, in the, in the blood, blood of Jesus. You clothe yourself in the righteousness of Christ. You enter into his presence. You worship his holiness. And then you can begin to talk. Can begin to talk. There's no magic to it. There's no magic. But what is needed, what is needed is so many of us doing the same thing. So many of us. So that you can carry different burdens. And we wake up one day, problems are solving, being solved right, left, and center. Because there are many people who have authority with God, who have gone to intercede, who have been endorsed by heaven. You see, when a, 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 a community have only one person praying, you know, say, ah, the, the man of God is here. Okay. Uh, the pastor is the man of God is here. He will uh, we'll just send him the prayer. Yes. That's not the church. That's not why Jesus came. To have only one man or two people. No. Jesus came. You see, before it was like that. Elijah, Elisha, uh, Samuel. Yes, that's the way it was before. But now he says, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Yes, he has recruited you. Don't wait again to be recruited. He has already recruited you. Brethren, I want to assure you that um, if you and I take up this challenge, you know, I go to many places, they are preoccupied. They are preoccupied. They have issues. You know, some people are, they have one project or the other. Some people have this and some people have the other. They have things that are really their burden, but not about the kingdom of God and its uh, righteousness. But here, you see, you have an opportunity. You have finished your church. You have built it nice, everything. So, you don't have project like that again. That every time you kneel down, mama, mama, shatile, le rula. We haven't roofed this thing yet. Talarile, shekite, haila. We need to roof it, Lord. We need to air condition it. You have finished all of that. So, now you can be ready to fight for the kingdom of God and his... Uh, yes! Yes. So that from here, from here, from here, you know, you know, men may not know it, but from here, you'll be controlling many things. Yes. That, that, that is the awesomeness of power with God. Look at Elijah. Elijah was only one man, but he was controlling everything. There will be no rain until he says so. And when he's ready to say so, he said, Tell Ahab to run, 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 run. I hear the sound of abundance of... Uh... Okay, where was he hearing it? Where was he hearing it? Have you ever thought about that? Where was he hearing that sound? If there was nothing now in the natural. But he was hearing it in the spiritual. Yes! Just tell him to run. There's a sound of abundance of rain coming. That's the kind of ear you and I need. So that when people are panicking, you say, panic no more. I hear, I hear, I hear. Let us bow our heads to pray. Nobody. God does not want anybody to live here without being empowered. Without being hungry from the power of God. He wants every single one of us 
to enlist in this army in our own corners. You know? Knowing now how to enter into his presence. Knowing now what to say in his presence. Join the angels in their worship. So that when we come to talk with him, he will tell us what to do. Oh, I want you to say to him, oh Lord my God, please help me. I want to live this way. Empowered. I want to be empowered in my life. Let it not be that others are bringing the protection that I'm enjoying. No, let me also be the one bringing the protection that others are enjoying. Because I dwell in your presence. Okay, let us just take a moment of this. As many as know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just say this prayer with me. Oh Lord my God. I wash myself in the blood of Jesus Christ. Of all filthiness of flesh and spirit. I cover myself in the righteousness of Christ. And so enter your gates with thanksgiving. I give you thanks for all my life. For all that you had to me. For all your goodness and mercy. I enter your courts with praise. I worship you for who you are. The great and the mighty God. And Lord, I enter into your holy presence. And I join the angels. I join the archangels to sing holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. Oh, I sing holy, I sing holy, I sing holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. And Lord, I live here determined that your will is my command and that I may please you in all that I say and do. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh Lord our God, we are nothing besides you. You sent Jesus to make all this provision so that we can come into your holy presence, oh God. To cause your purposes to be done on the earth. To bring truth, justice, righteousness. To bring the spirit of godliness on humanity. That this world will know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, touch us like never before, oh God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, you have your
You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashankari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 07-03-15-88404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.